0: Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals Podcast, audio only edition, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Become a diehard, go PHNX.com. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. we have successfully survived our first Sunday without NFL football, dating back to what, like last July. Uh, I didn't enjoy it, but we're here <laughs> nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I was wandering around aimlessly. I was just uh, reintroducing myself to random people who I may or may not have been my family members my wife, my son. Um, I think my son, uh, when I left him, he was around two years old (laughs) in camp. And now I believe he's just learned to drive. Uh, He has a, 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 I don't know if it's an ironic or an actual just beard that he wears uh, (laughs) with a lot of pride. And um, he says, he's not going to call me dad. So we'll see. We're just going to patch up that relationship the week that we have together. And then it's off to the combine next week. It's back to work for
0: daddy. Yeah. It's great. You just you build up enough trust. You 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 earn some credits here this week, and then you take off once again. This time for Sunday, Indianapolis. We're be leaving. Uh, this time next week, can't wait to bring you guys coverage from. It's funny our third, PHNX Cardinals combine coverage. The second that I've gotten to done do with this uh, gentleman. To my right. And uh, but before we get to the combine, there's lots to talk about. Uh, Franchise tags open up, Bo, on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty telling. You know, it closes right around what early free agency, but it opens up. And I I wonder how aggressive some of these teams will be. And if they let the cat out of the bag, Uh, because there's already, you know, not just franchise tags, but the restricted tags, all these tags are are open up. If you remember once upon a time, I think like Kenyon Drake got like one of these mid-tier tags from the Cardinals. Well, uh, I'll tell you who's not getting tagged is um, Calvin Ridley from the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars refusing to tag Calvin Ridley because if they did, they'd have to send a second round pick back to his original team, that being the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, a lot of questions pertaining to what the Jaguars are going to do. We expect them to to franchise tag outside linebacker, pass rusher, extraordinaire Josh Allen, but Calvin Ridley is gonna be up for grabs for somebody, and uh that's a rarity for, you know, thousand-yard receiver in his late twenties.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's certainly a guy that I'm trying to kind of Reacclimate to the league after having uh, some time off due to the gambling situation, and yeah, he look, like he's not that young. I, I I was surprised to find out, you know, that this guy's going to be thirty here pretty soon. He was in his, his year twenty nine season for the Jags this season, as you said, went over a thousand yards, and I think you know the final couple seasons he was with the Falcons. He was a guy that was a emerging, and unfortunately, stunted that uh, development and that trend by being suspended for, for the gambling issue. And yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think that Calvin really is going to be somebody that some, uh, a team is going to pay a ton of money to if he become, becomes available because of the free agent landscape at the wide receiver position. Like every team's going to be seeking out a wide receiver and they're going to see guys like T Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. who could very well uh, be tagged as early as Tuesday. Um, and those guys aren't going to become available, so teams are going to get a bit desperate. They're not going to be sitting fourth overall. They're not going to be sitting in the top ten with the ability to potentially get a Marvin Harrison Jr., or Roma Dunsey, or a Malik Neighbors. So you know they they need to get some more of a proven commodity. And I think Calvin Ridley could probably get you know the benefit of, uh, that his you know teammate last year, Christian Kirk, got a couple off seasons ago, and get the bag with really not necessarily proven as much as that contract would say.
0: Yeah. I look at top spenders or salary cap availability, I should say. And Cardinals are top 10 mm-hmm. with some money to shed on top of it. So take that with a grain of salt, but just behind them, a couple spots, Carolina Panthers. I mean that Calvin Ridley screams Carolina Panther. Yeah, he does. You, know, you don't, you don't have your, your first overall pick. You don't have many assets because you traded to Chicago for the rights for Bryce young. It's like, couldn't you just see the Panthers saying, "Hey, you know what? We'll give uh, Calvin Ridley, who we've seen, you know, once upon a time in the NFC South, we'll give him a four-year deal. We'll pay him seventy-five million dollars, you know, forty guaranteed or whatever it is." So, uh, I look at you know a team like the Giants with twenty-plus million dollars in cap space. You know, you never know with with Kansas City, but. Yeah, I I think this is this is good news for Calvin Ridley obviously to cash in. I think it's bad news for something like Hollywood Brown where it's like mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown once upon a time is like oh okay well he's in his 20s and while he doesn't have the re- resume of Ridley, Ridley's undoubtedly a better player. We weren't sure if Ridley was going to be available, so then suddenly he's reprioritized for some of these teams and I don't it's it's definitely not feel confident this not the sandbox Cardinals are going to play him. Cardinals love this receiver class. Hopefully they love a receiver fourth overall, but um, you know, mid tier receiver, lower tier receiver, somebody that has familiarity with Gannon and Austin Ford and company is, is always going to be the target. And I, I also just don't think the Cardinals want to pay Michael Wilson, big money one day. They don't want to pay an unknown at 29 years old soon to be on his third team. And we'll talk more about Hollywood Brown this week on, on our uh, weekly show. But I just, this, Calvin Ridley at 29 making big time money. Doesn't that just say all, all the issues with the receiver market and free agency?
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. And it's what you're going to see kind of across the board as far as the positions. And it's going to be a little slimmer pickings than I think people anticipate because you see like who's up for free agency, but who's truly going to be hitting free agency. And you're starting to see some names kind of creep out, you know, uh, some bigger names but not at the receiver spot that could become available, like a David Bakateri, who probably is destined to rejoin Aaron Rodgers in, in mm-hmm. New York for the Jets. But it's uh, it, the wide receiver spot, like fourth overall. I think you can make your case for Marvin Harrison Jr., a very easy case, just because he's what people have tabbed as a generational prospect. But if you're just Calvin Ridley, who's been in the league and you still haven't had that true breakout, uh, I don't think that this team with with so many needs, like let's not forget, like the momentum was real, what the Cardinals had, but there's just so many needs across the board to v- invest heavily in the wide receiver position at what I would not say is a slam dunk signing, regardless what the price tag is. Uh, it just doesn't fit what what I think Monty Austin for it, what his vision is for the
0: second year of this rebuild. So we're just turning our attention to Justin Matabuke. Is that what we're doing? Like, look, yeah, <laughs> Christian Wilkins of the world, like that. We're we'll just be sweating bullets for the next couple of weeks awaiting. A, will they or won't they be tagged right. that
1: Tuesday? That's it's, it's gonna just uh, open up the, the X Twitter app, whatever it may whatever you call it. And uh, I'm gonna see you know what's what's the news coming out of Baltimore? Uh, is is Matibuque gonna get tags? As he said in South Beach with Christian Wilkins, uh, and then also the team you mentioned before, as far as who could be going after Ridley, Brian Burns out of Carolina. Yeah. It seems like, you know, Josh Allen is the guy that's going to get tagged in, in Jacksonville and T Higgins mm-hmm. is the guy at the very least is going to get tagged and traded. Uh, and and then you got Michael Pittman jr. Is probably going to get tagged as a placeholder as they work at an extension. And then Jalen Johnson doesn't seem like it feels like he's, he's destined to remain in Chicago. So like all the fun free agents are, are most mostly spoken for so you're, you're hoping that uh you know Baltimore or, or miami is i don't know if they're naive enough I, I think that they've they've got some uh some obstacles as far as their team building goes to where they can't necessarily just ta- slap a tag and, and pay what it would cost to tag those guys and pay the guaranteed price amount for the 2024 season.
0: Yeah, I like I haven't heard one thing on Matabuke or Christian Wilkins being tagged or not. Isn't that I've weird? Seen, like I've seen that there's there has been
1: some momentum for Wilkins to potentially get tagged. But okay. um, Matabuke is true wild card. I you would think that a player of that caliber his age, what he did for that defense, you know, with with their with their defensive coordinator getting plucked for a head coaching job in Seattle. You would think that they would want to try to keep as much continuity player-wise um,
0: from year to year. Well, and it's like they also have a window. It feels like they have a window, don't they? I know Lamar isn't thirty years old yet, but like they're trying to win a championship now, and they were the number one seed. Like you're subtracting your best defensive lineman, that just has never made sense to me. So it'll be deflating if we get to free agency and like the the top. Seven, eight guys that we have targeted on this podcast, potentially targets of the Cardinals, all get tagged. But it just goes to show you like, then you need to take your medicine, eat your vegetables, and draft some defensive linemen. Yeah. And make sure it's a priority for you. You're, you know, Mattabuke in particular. Like, I just, that that would be just a humongous haul. I have no idea if the Cardinals are interested or not at this point, but it,
1: is, it certainly makes things easier. Like, if you can add a Mattabuke, like, it, it makes the just the way you're going to operate this off season that much easier, but you can, you can get creative. And I think that it still does up maybe the priority to, to really get an, uh, an edge rusher, a pass rusher, this yeah. because not everybody's going to get tagged. Not everybody has the opportunity to get tagged. There's some talented guys that are coming off the edge that you desperately need at that position. And then, you know, you rely upon a guy like Monty Austin Fort to, to kind of, Get through the top tiers and, and look at the available interior defensive linemen and find somebody that can fit this rotation. And that that's, that's even an upgrade over what they were playing with last year. And then obviously supplement that through the draft. So if you, I, I, I would think, you know, your priority would look, you know, to the trenches and, you know, the interior of that defensive line. in, in as far as one of the more, the most uh untalented groups in the nfl you've got to f- figure out a way to <laughs> add some talent and adding a guy like matabuke immediately just transform would transform that room it would it would be like okay you get Matabuke you've got uh stills and then you could add a rookie you could add two rookies and that room looks significantly better
0: uh going into the training camp did you see this tweet speaking of adding help to that unit did you see this tweet going around on twitter this weekend, maybe even on Friday, it was like this, this season, like the most bug blown leads throughout the course of the season or like winning a game potentially then only to just get hand it handed right back. The Cardinals led the NFL with 10 and I'm butchering this to all hell and I can't find the tweet. but the, there's a tweet out there. And it's basically like if your team like had the lead at one point in a game, like how often were you give it back? Cardinals were number one emphatically. There wasn't a team within like, I don't know, three or four outings and the Cardinals lost 10 games like that. And it's just, I don't know how to read that other than like, yeah, no shit. Did you watch their (laughs) defensive personnel? Like Keetra Clark and Starling Thomas were starting for them. And Buda Baker missed time and name one of their defensive linemen. One of them was a converted inside linebacker. Like I took that as like, yeah, man, they were competitive. I that's what I read that yeah they didn't roll over how many times I watched Carolina this year look terrible in the process I watched a lot of Carolina games because I wanted that pick to be lower for Chicago like they were they had games where they just like didn't show up so I read that as you know what this get some talent on that side of the ball and things are a little bit more interesting you think about that Giants game right. one to two, uh, Justin Matabuke makes the difference in the Giants game makes the difference in the Commanders game certainly makes the difference I think in in one of the divisional games um yeah I it's funny because people laughed at the talent level in this team and it wasn't great but like they were a player or two here and there from like seven wins and with this team and that should make you feel great about this this coaching staff despite the lack of talent
1: yeah I mean 10 games that I, I think when you looked at the schedule going into the season that you thought may they have no shot right and that they were you know Tied or ahead or whatever the stat was, this phantom stat that has disappeared. Um, you know, I, I think that that there are teams that didn't have enough pride that didn't compete enough to even get put into the conversation. And I think that's great with with the talent level that the Arizona Cardinals were competing with last year. That that is, I think, more of a testament than an indictment, but also you know a telltale sign of hey, this is this was. Most mostly the talent disparity unfolds Mm -hmm. like anytime I'm sure they're playing against every team they lined up against was was more talented than them. And it was a wake up call. Those drives drive with the Cardinals would go downfield, take the lead or tie the game, a wake up call for the opposing team like, oh, we got to get our shit together. And they did. And the the play caller for, you know, the opposing offense was like, okay, we're just going to do what we know is going to get us, you know, into a position to retake the lead. And and they did that, and that's um, yeah. I, I think that that's that's you know it's not a badge of pride that you want to wear, but I think it's it, it's a testament to how the JG had these guys playing up last year. So, um, it's it's still because it, like when you say that, I'm like, man, it's really similar to previous season. Like, how many times do you feel like the Arizona Cardinals did, on offense make a play to get back in the game, and then sh- just shit it away? You know, just mm-hmm. the defense would go out there and just completely fold. So it's, it's been like that for far too long. So excited for
0: those days to hopefully be over. Yeah. I, I, this is probably like the last week where, we're not going to have like real tangible NFL change for probably like three or four months. Like you get to March, April, May, June, rosters are, are shifted and shuffled and the, this is like see a lot of people on vacation not this podcast a lot of national people on vacation getting ready for the combine um, and really gearing up for the beginning of of draft season and it just you know, the Super Bowl was a blast we had a great time you and Saul and, and the rest of the crew held it down before I got there and it was, it, that was a, that was a big party and we celebrated the, the players from last year but now it's like re- if you can feel the change in the year and it was alluded to Late on our Friday show, Bo, this drop from suddenly from Benjamin Albright saying like the Bears have made a decision they're going to basically draft Justin Fields first overall, and it's like I feel like I could wake up at any day and see that Fields is has been traded, and obviously it can't be pushed through until free agency starts, like that second week of March. But I mean, do you kind of get the sense right now that you know it's the the dam is about to burst on on the NFL offseason, like we're really Mid-February is the lull, and we're we're about to see some heavy traffic here.
1: Yeah, I think that this, and I don't think the Cardinals will be involved, but this takes you back to the time when there was big Cardinals news where you know players like JJ Watt ended his tenure with his previous team and became available and, and signed shortly after it as kind of a pre-free agent signing. And it's like that's mm-hmm. what's great about the NFL. The NFL stays in the news cycle. 365, 366 mm-hmm. this year, with the it being a leap year and there being an extra day at the end of this month. So, um, yeah, I think that this is just kind of the calm before the storm. You know, um, we joke about it, but with reintroducing ourselves to our families, and you should do as well because it's going to be short lived. Like this, the NFL offseason is is nearly upon us. Like, brace yourselves. Winter is coming. And, uh, I think that the NFL is just gearing up and, you 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 say off season after off season like it doesn't get any crazy has it ever been this crazy it's like quarterback carousel the the head coach carousel we had a head coach cares, uh, carousel where it was like Jim Harbaugh was actually involved this time and he ended up landing with a gig and you know Bill interviewed but didn't get hired Vrabel yeah. who's a very well respected guy I mean that was that was before this even really is going to get started so yeah that's the precursor so if that's the precursor man just buckle up. This is going to be a wild ride. So, I mean, I was just looking at the, the, the off season. It's like, so the the tag thing is the first thing. It kind of kicks it off. And then you said that goes until March 5th. And then you have officially have to make a determination on the tags and the Cardinals aren't going to tag anybody. Let's just say And then uh, March 11th through 13th is your legal tampering. And then we will know during that period, who they're going to sign probably. That's right. And then the new league year opens on the 13th at like one, our time. And then April 1st, you got first year head coaches can do their, their off season activities. So the Cardinals have a returning head coach. So April 15th Cardinals OTAs, that's the earliest it can open. And we'll Mm -hmm. get a kind of glimpse of, you know, what, what they're doing, what direction they could go with players that are on their roster pre draft. And, if they'll get any of these free agent signings out there. I think Kaiser White might've been out there at that time last year. I can't remember. Yeah. You know, you get an early glimpse. It'd
0: be all you can eat on this podcast with NFL news and more. Uh, we've got some banger shows on tap this week, Bo uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, basically our combine primer takes place this week as well as some, some news between the tea leaves that we've been hearing uh, with regard to the Cardinals and their, let's just say, their, their off-season free agent strategy, which I think is going to come into light here sooner rather than later. But be sure, like and subscribe on this podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Follow us on PHNX Sports. Beau, you posted a number of uh, quality insight on our YouTube page, including your one-on-one with ex-Falcons general manager, which was fantastic. Uh, really good insight on that interview.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, diehard exclusive video uh, to start for about a full week. And uh, and then we're going to make it available for everybody else there on our YouTube page. So you can see Thomas Dmitrioff, who worked with Monte Asifort in New England when they were first coming up with the Patriots and before Dmitrioff went to Atlanta and kind of really got that rebuild in a position to where you know, they're competing. They're in the playoffs each and every season. They've got a franchise quarterback. They've got a top of flight ride receiver um, and very similar, eerily similar to what Monty Osport could experience as early as this offseason with, you know, free agents. And of course, the draft, he could get that Julio Jones type wide out for the Cardinals. And Dimitriov kind of talks about how Monty is truly the guy that that you want kind of running your team and kind of the insight on that. And then we also have a good uh, talk about free agency primer talk to Connor Rogers from pro football focus and NBC sports and he's he gives us a couple names we'll make that uh, accessible to on our YouTube page as well but you want early really access to it you can become a diehard uh, right now and uh, check it out if you want
0: we will see you on the Monday show bring your mock draft hats ready to go for Bulbrock I'm Johnny Venerable. have a good one we all like the bear.